Hi, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Yannick on Chelsea podcast with me, your host, Yann. I hope you're all doing very well. I am. I've come through my sickness and I'm whole again. My throat's a little bit sore still, but don't worry, listener. I'm getting better. Today on the podcast, I've got Lewis from That's the Way the Cookie Crumbles. Uh, Lewis is a Chelsea fan. I've had him on the pod before with his co-host Dan, uh, who's a United fan. But um, Lewis is a Chelsea fan, so I got him back to look back at the Brighton result with me and to look forward at the upcoming two games. It was a great podcast, guys. I hope you enjoy it. While you listen to it, subscribe to the Anacon Chelsea podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Chelsea Yannick because I always want to talk to Chelsea fans. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcoming back to the podcast, Lewis from That's the Way the Cookie Crumbles podcast. Um, he uh, was actually my first guest. Well, him and his co-host to the uh, to my podcast. So, Lewis, welcome back, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, thanks, Yannick. Uh, good to be back. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks, mate. How are you? Pretty chill, man. Um, great game for us to talk about, the Brighton game. I actually think um, it's quite an interesting game to chat about for, uh, for a few reasons. Um, uh, just quickly, um, I imagine you you were buzzing on the uh, the City result. Oh, yeah, definitely. Such a good like good result, especially after that Wolves game, which I actually went to, which Did wasn't you? ideal. Bummer. No, no, yeah, didn't want that. Yeah, that, that was a, must have been a frustrating game because we were in complete control for a the majority of the game a lot like this game actually the Wolves game I think a lot like the Brighton result except obviously the scoreline was the other way around but I think there was a lot of similar parallels um in terms to us dominating for the first portion of the game but um before we get into it mate I just want to quickly run through the team the only real surprise was Eden Hazard starting as the striker um, flanked by both Willian and Pedro, uh, sub appearances from Ruben Loftus Cheek, which I'll m- might, you know, I'd like to touch on a little bit um, after we've talked about some other stuff. Uh, Barkley came on, uh, he decided to put one on Rose Zed, and Giroud eventually as the striker. Chelsea 2, Brighton 1, away at the Amex. Um, good solid away win, Lewis. A hard yeah. place to go. Yeah, yeah, well. Well, we've seen the season that Man United have lost there at Brighton, and and they're actually not doing too badly. They're actually, I would say, they're overachieving this season. Mm. Um, they're not really being talked about as one of them that you can really see going down. But yeah. um, but it's not an easy place to go, um, Brighton, not at all. And uh, I was I was very happy that we won two one. But it's it's one of them where it's um, it's it's not an easy place place to go and we look well we've seen it out just about i got a bit of a scare towards the end but yeah. uh, overall good result and people will drop points there this season definitely no yeah it, it's not saying much the man united lost there this season <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't let's stand here that yeah i was gonna say well not not winning against man united is a sackable offense as i said before mark hughes would tell you that um yeah no they they've been imperious at home man i mean it was one of those games that was either going to end 3-0 Chelsea or, you know, 2-1 Chelsea, <laughs> as it was, because we did start so well. Um, but I kind of thought they were a little bit too... The second half Brighton team is more of the, what I expected, and the fact how they came out with that second half, it kind of was worse for us in a way, because it shocked us a little bit more, because they have been so good at home in terms of... um 
being like resolute, compact, but then a bit more physical and, you know, have got some stuff going forward. So that's the fact how they... Chelsea didn't get there in the first half, but then they decided to bring on the second half. It's almost like we'd settled into a sort of false sense of security, do you reckon? Yeah, it was one of them where when when we did go 2-0 up, we kind of like took our foot off the gas, I would say. We kind of thought, oh, well, they're, they're obviously not at, at the races kind of thing. And yeah. when they come out in the second half... Um, they they did shock us like you said just then mm. and uh, Solly Marsh was at Solly March sorry was actually very good for them I thought in the game yeah. and topped off with a goal in the end yeah he was good and but yeah before we talk about our players and stuff I thought right Glenn Murray he did a, I, I think he's a really good striker for what he is and his level but he has a few bits where he played quite negatively they showed a match of the day where he broke did a nice combination and all he needed to do was carry on driving forward or pass the ball in field where he had two passes and he sort of like he veered off like towards the uh towards the um side of the pitch to the and, wing into the wing yeah and, yeah, and passed back yeah and passed back so like um but then that and Doni came on or Andone and Jesus the first thing he did before he touched the ball he came on the pitch and just pushed Louise <laughs> out of play like out of position he was like right this is what's happening now um, I can't remember where I heard him I've been on Five Live someone talking about him apparently he's a bit of a sort of shithousery player and he's just up for the fight so I think he sort of came on the pitch, pushed Louise, like, all right, mate, you're going to be up for a shit time with me. And he did. He was very, very physical, uh, very direct and drove at the team and um, really affected uh, their forward play. Um, it did change when he came on. I don't know if it was at half time or 60 minutes or something like that. But um, yeah, he was a different question, I think, for the our defenders. Um but yeah, it was like I said. It was it was just it, it, if you look at it on paper pre pre game, that would have been like a good away uh, win, good three points. We don't have to go away there in the season, you know. <laughs> the only time we have to see exactly. Brian again will be at home. I don't think we've played him yet, so it's just good to get that one out of the way, um, you know. After whatever, like in a tough in a tough uh, time with loads of fixtures, but. Um, I want to talk about some players, mate. Uh, before we get on to the positives, it's, uh, the debate of Marcus Alonso has come up again. Like He wasn't the greatest against City, but it was such a good team performance that, um, you know, the fact that he wasn't the greatest didn't really surface too much. But he his, game, his all-round gameplay wasn't awful, but he had high-profile mistakes in this game. I think even if that yellow card was a yellow card and wasn't a red card I I think he's lucky to be on the pitch regardless but then you look at like if he scores that goal that hit the post that would have been an absolute wonder goal and he has got such a sweet left foot and how do you, how do you feel about his performance in this game and you know would you be are you calling out for Emerson or what, what's your opinion on this Lewis? Yeah, so I've I've got um, well, I'm probably not the best person to ask because I I feel like I'm quite biased towards Marcus Alonso because I do kind of have a soft spot for him and I think he is a, a really good player, but I do think he is better in a back three than a back four. And yeah, yeah, I, you mean I, you mean as a wing back in a back five sort yeah, of yeah, 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 as as a left wing back opposed to being as a like a flat left back in a back four. Mm. But I do think he offers a lot going forward, and like you said, he's he, he can score goals. Like he was the width of the post away from scoring a a very good goal yeah. at the weekend. Mm. And Sari has said that he he likes Alonso more so than Emerson because he's go, he's really good from like a dead ball situation. Yeah, and he's taller. And, yeah, 
Yeah, and with Willian not really playing every week, it's really between him and Louise who would take the free kicks anyway. Or Giroud, put a pin in that, mate. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know, yeah. I was so surprised when he hit that. I was thinking, Jesus. I was thinking, did that really just happen? Oh, fucking hell, Giroud thinks he's going to take this. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was a great free kick. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. Anyway, go on, keep going with uh, Alonso, mate. Yeah, but um, yeah, but I, I do like Marcus Alonso. However, I do think he's looking quite tired at the moment. Mm. I think he's played a lot of football. This is his, what, third season with us? And mm. um, I do think he's played a lot of football in those three seasons. And for Emerson to... If Emerson played at Brighton at the weekend, I wouldn't have been surprised. Mm. But I do... I, I, for Alonso is my first choice left back. However, I would like to see Emerson play a bit more just to take the burden off Alonso a bit. Yeah. And just to see him more as well, because we know he's got a good skill set, you know, to give him a proper a proper comparison and run out because regardless, yeah. even if they rotate a bit more, Alonso, if we stay in all competitions, Alonso is not going to be lacking playing time and he's just signed a new contract with, you know, good money. So everything's fine for him. I think generally, um, pick up on what you said. I've said this so many times in the pod, but with Sari's lopsided system, the, uh, the left fullback does advance forward and stay in the wing backs to sort of area and the right, fullback does tuck in to become a sort of right centre-back so him and Azpilicueta are almost generally playing their positions from last season anyway a lot of the time in possession so as probably Sari probably looked at that before he came to Chelsea and thought hmm yes this would work in theory but he is um I guess he's just slow you know he's tracking back and his defending isn't great but the idea is you sort of compensate for that uh, fragility I think um but, you know, he can get better. He's not like a 30-year-old fullback. He's got a few years to still develop, finally tune his game. And Sari obviously fancies him. And he is uh, a good defending set pieces because he's tall. He can just do every kind of finish. He can do a poacher's finish in the box. He can score headers. He can score free kicks like dead balls. He's got an absolute wicked left foot for, like, volleying. or <laughs> yeah. So when you've got a fucking fullback that's doing all those kind of things, like... Most people that aren't Chelsea fans, they just remember all these bits and they go, fucking hell, Alonso's good. But it's just the Chelsea fans that see these little moments when you're going, oh, just don't fucking do that, you know. Um, whereas, you know, someone like, you know, we don't know. It, it, it's just people always call out for what they're not seeing in front of them. But a few times I've, I've seen uh, Emerson at the bridge. He has been quite a good defender. Uh, and he'll be, he's a lot faster, so it'll be a lot better for tracking back. But, you know, when you get these amazing moments from Alonso, you just think like, worldy ability offensively so um it's a it's a difficult one so would you be happy to just see a bit more rotation and just get the uh, give the brazilian a bit more of a chance yeah it's it, i like like i said I, I think he looks a bit tired at the moment mm. and the past i would say the past three games wolves man city and brighton that he's played in he's not been the alonso that we know mm. um who is who is more often than not actually a really solid player for us? It's only the past, I would say, three, four weeks that people have been kind of like Emerson, 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 just yeah. because he's not really been at it. But mm. that, but like I said, like people in football, they're very short-minded. Yeah, like short they'll memories, always yeah. forget. Yeah, yeah, they'll always forget that he was so good for us in that title-winning season when we went to a back three and two goals at Wembley as well against Spurs. Yeah. Exactly, but I would like to see more rotation mm. with certain players, like not just Alonso. Like I would like to see Fabregas play more. Interesting, yeah. Just what because, is... just sorry, uh, just because a few people when when I've been going to the games, I've been speaking to him, and they've been saying, "Well, Jorginho looks tired." 
Jorginho yeah. for a few games wasn't really at it for us. The Everton no, yeah. game, you're right. The Everton yeah. game, a prime example. And a lot of people that I spoke to said, "Well, why, why, why not play Fabregas? He offers us something completely different with those like quarterback passes from his own half." Yeah, and it just it just keeps people guessing because people kind of think that they found Jorginho out now. Yeah, well, you're right. Uh, great, great point about Fabregas. I actually tweeted about this. Fabregas has got an eye for a pass that like maybe no one else in the league has like they, oh, when, he, totally, when he spots totally. those runners and he's those beautiful almost Perlo-esque passes Jorginho would be first choice because he just he thinks so quickly and Fabregas although he can like play maestro passes he's not as quick in in thought as Jorginho Jorginho releases the ball immediately and he's got, like he shuts his eyes and know where everyone is around him in terms of the short pass even if he can't make these beautiful long passes Fabregas can he probably knows where that player is or even if he doesn't know the run as well as Fabregas he can release the ball so quickly uh for this fast passing Sarismo that that's why he's sort of um Sarri's man but you're right you can probably put a man on Jorginho easing the Fabregas because Fabregas is never going to like get out of it anyway but you just sort of play a slightly different but when Fabregas does get the ball He'll play the ball into these channels where the runners are, which, like you say, is a slightly different, a different question. So I agree with you on that. Um, run through some other players quickly. Are you? I'm fine. I think I'm happy that finally the Kante role can be put to bed. He scored that excellent goal against City, and the, it looks like um, his his pressing heart of the pitch is sort of um, paying dividends. Would you agree? This looks like it's the right thing. Yeah. Again, people people thinking that it's going to be this quick thing that Sari comes in and we're going to we're going to win the league straight away like we did under Conte but that was that was just chance that we clicked so quickly yeah. this is supposed to be like a a 3 year project this mm. is supposed to be that like let's be honest he's only had one transfer window mm. Sari's only had one transfer well, window. Look it's not pe- really yeah, his look team look what happened to yeah, Pep, not, yeah 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 it's not really his team uh, and back to that is People are saying, well, he can't play this position. We're only halfway through the season. Yeah. (laughs) We're only halfway through the season. And I think he's done quite well considering. Mm. And I do do like Kante. And like you said, it's paying dividends that he's winning the ball up higher up the pitch. And a prime example was the goal against Fulham when he won the ball, slipped Pedro in. And that was very high up. Mm. And like you said, I do think it is paying dividends. And just give him time because we're only going to get better. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Like the, the the pressing's sort of changed a little bit, and like um, I think Nizar Kinsella tweeted about this, but I noticed it, noticed it when the first people that press isn't actually the front three. It's Kovacic and Kante. They get in front of the front three, press forward, and the yeah. front three tuck in back, and then they rotate, and then they create these triangles that sort of close off the space. This happened in one of the games. I think they should have matched of the day. I think it was the Brian game where Kovacic goes forward. Uh, Hazard tucks in or something, but Willian's there to get the pass, picks it up and plays it forward. That might even be for the when Willian played that ball forward for the Hazard goal. But um, oh, yeah. which is yeah, so it's really interesting. You, obviously, we're not football managers. Sorry, knows his project, and yeah, like like we said, it took Pep over a year to get to get things going to a team that was better prepared for his um, his style as well. So everyone needs to be patient. Um, so yeah, I think we agree on Kante, mate. I want to talk about another midfielder before we talk about the striker situation. Um, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, he's looked fucking wicked in my opinion uh, recently. Even in that, that game on the weekend when um, he came on and just drove the ball forward, I think he was playing on the right wing position again, but it's almost like a hybrid between that 
the sort of midfield and wing when he plays it rather than um, maybe someone like Pedro. But uh, yeah, when he picks up the ball and comes forward and like, you know, cuts the ball back in front of the uh, defender and stuff, he just looks imperious, like he's strong, fast, but his combinations as well, like when he scored that goal a couple of games ago of Hazard, it was like really nice flair combinations and Hazard was beaming because he was like, yes, you like got what I was doing there. And uh, even now you can see him, he does this one touch combination. So he's not just a big lump that drives forward anymore. He's quite like a technical cultured player. And even though he didn't like score or anything in this game, he just, to me, he looks so good when he comes on the ball. Um, how do you, how do you feel about that generally, do you feel like he should be starting more? Do you think there's weaknesses in this game, or would you want to see more of Ruben, mate? Yeah, so Loftus Sheet for me has exceeded my expectations in terms of how quickly he's adapted to this completely new system. Yeah. Like, this is the first time as a club since I would say Mourinho the first time round that we've really had an identity and, you know, kind of like a, a style of play. Mm. I would say now people think, well, Chelsea are a high-pressing team and now they're very attacking, which is not what we've been used to, no. at least I would say over the past eight eight years maybe. But yeah. Loftus-Cheek has got it straight away. Another one that's got it is Barkley. They both have picked it up so quickly mm. and he's, he's been really good this season and I, I would like to see him more, yeah. Mm. But I've, I've got a lot of people, even pundits as well, saying, oh, should he leave, should he leave? I I don't know if they've not been watching, but he's played a lot of football this year. Yeah, and, he, and, he's, and he's developing. He's he's getting better. Like, why oh, should totally. he, why should he leave when he's got this excellent player coach, not a manager like Mourinho? He's got a player coach here, and he's developing him, and he's looking better, and he's playing different competitions, and he's back in the England squad. Same with Barkley. I mean, Barkley had more time than Ruben. He was like there at the beginning of preseason. He knew before we knew that Sari was coming, and he started studying Napoli and stuff. You know, so um. Ruben came back from the World Cup. He didn't know if he was going on loan and he had this big delay, but he's got his head down and he's just looked like an absolute beast. So I can't, we can't really even criticise him saying he should play more or this, that and the other because Sari's probably managing him perfectly. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like if it's going well, then maybe that's the perfect amount. Do you know what I mean? Like uh, it's difficult to say, oh, he should yeah. be starting or maybe. Yeah, it's, he's, he's still young. He's, he's still so young hmm. and, and, the thing is, you can't just throw throw players like him in the deep end. He's like Sari said many a time. I'd rather coach a player than dip into the transfer market because it yeah. doesn't interest him. He doesn't really like it. Well, he's got yeah, he's he, got, yeah, got, yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. go on, finish and love to shoot, mate. No, I was just gonna say that he's he, he would rather coach him, and us as fans kind of love that to say well you would rather coach one of our own in Loftus Cheek yeah. and make him the player that you believe he can be absolutely then yeah. go and buy 50 million player from like let's say Milinkovic Savic for an example mm. yeah that's but yeah I'm, I'm very happy within this season and long may it continue really yeah. I'm very happy I feel like we're flush for midfielders now. Hopefully, hopefully sorry, season the same way. First time in ages. Yeah, <laughs> it is weird actually. Um, you know, and hopefully he. I know Hudson Adoy is only eighteen, but hopefully, and he, he does seem like a bit of an old school Italian manager. Even though he plays this like expressive, forward-thinking football, you just wonder: Will Callum need a loan, or is he actually going to keep developing him? But um, but I don't want to because he didn't play in this game. I don't want to go over that too much. Um, I feel like um, we've covered most of the players. Willian, although he didn't score, he got that wicked assist. I thought he played well. I think Pedro did um, what he, he does well, is pressing, high tempo. 
Suits Sari style very much. But um, let's talk about um, strikers, I think. Or lack of. Or lack of. Um, Morata, he obviously has taken a bit of a knock. Uh, I don't think he's got a long-term... Uh, <laughs> I don't think he's got a chance, really, at Chelsea. I think Giroud's perfect for his plan B. I feel like eventually we will need to get another striker, whether it be a blockbuster name. But without going into the transfer market talk and the striker issue massively, we've played Eden Hazard in the striker role twice in a row. Um, people thought it might be a sort of option against the big teams when we need someone, the a nine that can press really well, which Hazard can do because he's like nimble and quick for the first few yards. Um, I didn't expect him to see him playing striker against Brighton. Maybe because of the injury of Morata, Morata should have played, or I was kind of happy Hazard did play there. Um, after the City game, it did sound like he sort of said what he had said before last season. Now, he doesn't really like playing that role because um, he doesn't touch the ball anywhere near as much because he's not like on the flank, cutting in deep, um, cutting inside or playmaking and you know interchanging. He's a little bit more isolated, but he got a goal and an assist, and I think he probably touched the ball more against Brighton. Um, what do you think about Hazard in the striker role as a whole? Because, it, I mean, he got a goal and assist in 30 minutes. And I just want to uh, put this stat out there. He's got the most goal, direct goal contributions than anyone else in the league. He's got eight league goals and nine assists, which is nuts. You know, it's all very well a striker getting 10 goals plus if they're in a system that will feed them chances all the time. But he's doing both. You know, he's alternating. He's getting amongst it, which I think is better than... You know, eight eight goals and nine assists. Uh, that's better than like him, him saying having like fucking you know thirteen goals, two assists. Everyone would be like, oh, he's top scorer. But this is to me much better because of his just complete integration to the game in terms of an offensive perspective. How how do you feel about him playing as a striker? Would you would you want him to continue like Drews Mertens did, or would you like to revert to type with a new striker? Uh, well, at, at first, when I when I saw that he was going to play against Man City, I was kind of a bit like apprehensive, just because I remember Conte doing it, oh, and it's not really working yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. So I was, but then I kind of, I kind of, I watched him against Man City. He got two assists. I thought, okay, and then I seen him say that I don't really like it, like what you said. I don't yeah. touch the ball enough, and I don't feel like I'm involved enough. But the stats don't lie. He's got three assists and a goal in his last two games. And it's almost like Sari is trying to almost remodel his old Napoli project by having a nimble, nippy striker in Hazard as Mertens yeah. and then having your big guy on the bench, Giroud, almost re- reciprocating um, Arcadius Milik yes. from Napoli as well. Mm. So it's kind of like a mirror image, but I'm enjoying it. Like He, he might not think he's touching the ball enough, but he's kind of got to put his pride aside and say, look at the numbers. I helped the team a lot more playing in this false nine role. Yeah, and I'm scoring. I'm scoring goals, and I'm setting. I'm setting them up as well. So he's looking good, and like like I said before, the stats don't lie, mm. and I'm I'm enjoying it. Well, I'm yeah. It. If there's one thing to ease the pain of you touching the ball less, it's assisting and scoring, isn't it? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And if he's doing that, touching the ball less, then that's a massive achievement. If he's mm. touching the ball less and racking up these numbers. Then, mm. then you must look at yourself in the mirror and go, "I'm actually doing all right." Here. Yeah, it shows that it shows a proper like mature 
um, performance when a player does that, isn't it? Like a proper like, oh, um, totally. Because he could be like, oh, I'm not touching the ball as much. I want to get on the ball and dribble less. But he's probably no. I've got such a good footballing brain. I know exactly what to do and just make the right move immediately. Um, when he went through for his goal, I just knew he was going to score. You know, I was like, all right, he's. He's, he's run between. He's, he's got a through ball. He's run between two plays. He's he's nimble. It looks like they're not going to catch him, and he's going to score. You do yeah. not. If that's Morata, you're like he's <laughs> he's literally. I'm not joking when I say this. This is how I feel. You're like there's ninety percent chance he won't score. <laughs> do you know I know. I mean? it, it reminded me exactly of the chance um, in the title winning season away at Man City that we won. He, yeah. he went through one and one, and he does that that really nice finish where he opens his body up like he's going to put it in the far corner mm. and then just closes his foot right at the last minute and just completely deceives the keeper. Yeah. And I knew I knew he was going to score. I just knew it. Yeah, that's the same, man. It's just so, so good, isn't it? Um, Again, this is something I don't want to get into, but hopefully he doesn't fucking go in the summer. <laughs> oh, I know. It was almost um, nice. Go on, go on, mate. Yeah. Go on. I mean, I'm getting to the stage now where... I, I am. He's my favourite player, and he has been for a number of years. Yeah. And I'm getting to the stage now where I'm just getting bored of it. I'm bored like, of it as him, well. Him flirting with Real. Yeah. Like, if you want to go, just go, and hopefully we get a, a big fee for you. But if yeah. you want to be a legend, and if he does stay, I think you could arguably say that he could be our best ever player. Oh, absolutely. He and he knows he knows that as well. And I feel like even with this general flirtation with Madrid, he could have done it maybe and just done it a bit less and still left on good terms and we could be like thank you Eden Hazard you know thank you for the titles thank you for like them the wizard-esque uh, displays and you know, the entertainment but like you say it is getting boring I kind of like there's part of me when he went off the boil a little bit like these last couple of months part of me is like yeah hopefully he doesn't have an amazing season and so and you know and just signs a new contract because he knows he's out of form and he's got all this money on the table in front of him and looking at fucking Real Madrid absolute shit show 3-0 they lost to Siska Moscow at home you know look at Courtois little face like it's, um, do you know what I mean like what an absolute yeah. shambles I, I can't even remember but I was reading all sorts of statistics about how since Courtois joined it's been it's been like their worst season in every competition of for some sort of, you know some sort of like stat that was just ridiculous that just kept going on and on and on about how everything's the worst they've ever had you know the classico performance the worst home defeat in a in the Champions League league position just fucking everything and they've drawn Ajax in the Champions League Ajax could beat them <laughs> do you know what I mean like so hey um, stranger things have happened no they're, yeah well they're, exactly they're playing so poor at the moment mm. and and they're they're just not a really attractive place to go at the moment like no. if, if I'm Hazard I'm looking at it and I'm thinking well I'm, I'm very comfortable here and it's yeah. not like we don't challenge for stuff we've won three titles in the last is it five or six years yeah yeah and yeah. you look over there and think do I really want to be a part of that and they are, and and those fans as well. They are they are so annoying to me Fickle, because they're yeah. so privileged and they 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 do that annoying thing with the white the white scarves and all that sort of stuff to say that they're not happy about something. And they whistle. Like, they fucking whistle would, their greatest ever player all the time. Yeah, Ronaldo. That yeah. is so that is so disrespectful. And Ronaldo's saying all that stuff now, saying Juventus is the best group of players, family, the best fans yeah. I've ever played for. Yeah. And he's saying it's a family here and there. It's not. Yeah, you'd and think why would you want that? Why would you want to do that? I mean, yeah, us as Chelsea fans can like rack up all this stuff, but he must know all that, right? He just fucking must yeah. know that. So 
it might be a bit of a power play, but to be honest, regardless to all this shit we've been talking about just, just these last couple of minutes, it, it could be like, well, I'll get paid, I'll get paid 400k a week to play for Real Madrid and that will be on my, like, like in my biography. Do you know what I mean? After having a successful yeah. sport. So no matter what you say, that will always be appealing, but it could still be a bit of a power play. Right. Yeah. As a as a as like a human being, sorry, Danny. Uh, as as a human being, if he does go and say, "Look, I've wanted to play for Real Madrid since I was younger," I can understand that yeah, because if, if me or you were in that position, we're not Chelsea fans, we're not from England, we put ourselves in this position. If he wants to go, then yeah. as a, as a human being, I've got you know what you, you you need to go if you've really wanted to do that for this long. You need to go. Yeah, it's like but, you becoming a good footballer and then just signing for PSG because say because they just, just imagine PSG win the Champions League. Like, and then you sign for that's what happened with Chelsea and then they're oh they're really good they're, they're a power in Europe and then they offer you a thing for PSG you're not from Paris you're not a PSG fan you know you just know a load of good players have played for them and you and you want to go there so he's got no like obligation other than the, you know, the, club, the club's been good to him but he's never like aspired to play for Chelsea he, he's very thankful and he always echoes the sentiments of oh they've been so good to me so he, I mean, like you said, if he if he goes, it'll be best part of twenty nine, and and we've he, he would have been a great servant. But um, I, I do, we could talk about Eden Hazard till the cows come home, mate. I wanna, yeah, I wanna, we definitely could. Yeah, I want to <laughs> wrap up part one and part two. Yeah, no will be will be previewing the upcoming two games. So that will be in part two. Welcome back to part two, ladies and gents. I'm still here with Lewis. We've been talking Chelsea in part two. We are going to look forward to uh, the upcoming two games, two home games, one in the League Cup and one in the Premier League. First uh, in the League Cup at home to Bournemouth. First uh, initial thoughts on this game, uh, Lewis. What do you think, mate? Um, Yes, a game. It's a must-win game because Sari's said from the start how important the cups are to him mm. and and I think we will rotate I think we'll see Emerson I think we'll see Fabregas Barkley maybe even Loftus-Cheek mm. and even with a rotated squad it's a game I feel like is a must win yeah yeah I feel like definitely um we'll see Loftus-Cheek like he probably didn't want to bring him on against Brighton uh, I think there was a sort of um because I think he said in the post-match press it was a physicality thing that we were losing, so he brought on uh, Loftus-Cheek and uh, Barkley to try and bring some muscle on. So I think we'll see heavy rotation, but he will try and beat uh, Bournemouth. There'll be, you know, he knows he's not going to win the Premier League, and so these can't. And he wants a trophy. Yeah, I think in his head he feels like he has to win a trophy. I mean, that's his target. It's top four and a trophy. He's got three really realistic chances of winning a trophy this season um and you know this is one of them um we've already beaten Bournemouth uh, this season was it was it a way we beat them uh we beat them um, at home okay might have been 2-0 yeah I think it was 2-0 yeah yeah fuck um, was, they, was, they missed a sitter in that Nathan Ake missed a sitter in that game oh mate yeah that was probably the run of games where it was ritual for the opponent to miss at least one sitter against us yeah that ha- that happened for about three games in a row yeah off fuck. the top of my head I can remember and Ake, the rest maybe. I remember uh, Yarmolenko Yarmolenko and, and Danny Ings Danny Ings Dan- and um, Sturridge he missed an oh, absolute yeah, yeah, open. Well. Yeah, there was there was a few, mate. There was more, I think, as well. It was just ridiculous. Which is crazy. Yeah, crazy. yeah. So, um, I mean, they're a good side, Bournemouth. They'll try and play football, which kind of always bodes well for us. Um, 
I uh, I mean, there's obviously a lot of talk about us trying to sign Callum Wilson. As much as I like him, he's injured again, so I don't think he'd be a smart purchase for Chelsea. Um, but yeah, it, it's not because it, it, we'll, whenever Chelsea heavily rotate, it's uh, it's always a concern. <laughs> I'm just uh, it's more like the it's the team chemistry which concerns me in terms of playing Sari style. I imagine I imagine it will be Christensen. And maybe even Ampadu, because Ampadu's he does he does rate him, but I think Ampadu's best position, even though he's an amazing defender, I think he could be an amazing, as I say, I say midfielder. But it's not going to suit Sari's style. So if he plays for Sari, he'll be as a defender. But when I last time I was at the bridge, he came on as a wing back, which blew my mind a little bit. Um, but I the last the last game Cahill didn't play do you think that's it for Cahill now do you think he's gone in January or I don't know he actually had a knock in the end because I tweeted about that but do you what what centre-back pairing do you expect to see in this game Lewis yeah I would I would expect um Christiansen alongside Ampadu um, right. just because Cahill I think is still injured I'm not 100% yeah. but I do think that that's curtains for him almost because he yeah. doesn't he doesn't suit Sari no. and he's slowly getting rid of almost you could say dead wood yeah. for lack of a better term he's like Danny Drinkwater will be another one not far behind him yeah just because he he's barely played he, he obviously doesn't rate him for this what, what, this style of football yeah I mean he's 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 already come out and said Drinkwater and Moses he's basically said they're not in his plans um, which is yeah. fair enough I get Moses because um, he's not gonna he can't play a right forward he can't play a straight up right back. Um, he's either like a right mid in, in a four, but not he can't play a free free man midfielder as a midfielder because that's literally such an alien role to him. You know, it's not what he does. So he's literally a victim of circumstance. I think he tried to play him in, in one of the front three forwards, but he hasn't got a decent enough offensive output. I think it would be quite easy to sell Moses. He's a Premier League winner. He is athletic. He's a good Premier League player. And he's yeah, good, Moses and, is a very attractive player for a yeah, lot of teams, for like a, especially teams yeah. like I could see Moses going playing for Wolves, for example, who do yeah. play a back three. Yeah. And I think he would look. I think he would be an asset to them. I think and, he could play in a four-four-two yeah. as well on in the right, oh, totally, in, in a totally. right, right mid. Um, but yeah, what I wanted to say quickly on drink water uh, is, I think it would be quite difficult to flog drink water because he looks oh, like yeah. I follow him on Instagram. He is having a lovely time, mate. He's won the Premier League against all odds. He signed the contract for Chelsea. He's probably on like 100k plus a week. He's just loving life in London. He gets to keep fit at Cobham, have a run around, just hang out, have a kickabout of Eden Hazard. You know, who's gonna <clears throat> excuse me? Who's gonna sign him here for his wages when he's just exactly. signed? It? You know, he's just gonna. I reckon he's just gonna put his feet up and keep his head down. Yeah, so, I can see that as well. Like if I if I'm Drinkwater and I'm I know that that's the case. I know I'm not really in his plans. I'm I'm not going to move personally. But the thing with Drinkwater as well is I don't think the club will be in a hurry to get rid of him just because English. He's English. He's homegrown, and with Moses as well, I think he's also homegrown. So if they can hang on, to the, I don't think they'll they'll look to sell them. But if people come in, I don't think they'll they'll yeah. really stand in the way. I think I think. Uh, Moses is desirable, so if it can, like, uh, even if they don't make loads of money out of him, I think he might have signed a new contract under Conte. Uh, yeah, he because, did. So yeah, he he'll did. probably have, like, two or three years left. Um, so you might get a few quid for him, but because he's desirable in terms of effectivity and how effective he could be, 
Um, yeah. I, I feel like um, it might make a good relationship with a club. Like clubs like doing that because you know it's not like strengthening a rival, selling a superstar. But yeah. you know, it could be make a club that maybe you could one day buy one of their stars, or they could be like, become a loan club or something. You know. Yeah. An example would be like Ake with Bournemouth. Yeah. We sold Ake to Bournemouth, and and the thing with and Moses Begovic as well. As well. Is, yeah, exactly. Mm. We only bought Moses for about ten million, and we're gonna turn a profit on him anyway, so it's not the yeah. worst. And he won the Premier the League. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I don't, I don't condemn someone like Drinkwater for just putting his feet up because like he's won the Premier League. He's not like a twenty-two-year-old of ambition. He's like I'm. Yeah. I was part of the biggest fairy tale, you know, in the world uh, in world football, and I'm earning loads of money now. I'm living in London. I've got a little kid, and everything's wicked. So. You know, I can't have any sort of bad feelings towards him. You know? Nah, if you're gonna get 100k a week for just putting your feet up, credit to you. Yeah, That's yeah. Nice, you know, crazy. you know, it's not his fault that he's oh, not playing. No. You know, so he's, he's, yeah, he's another victim of circumstance. Yeah. So yeah. So I it's just we we digress. So with uh, with this cherries game, uh, I do expect rotation. I think you're right. Ampadu, I think he, even though he scored that own goal the other day, he had a really good performance. And when uh, Hudson Adoy got into that like sort of scrap, he sort of pulled him away, quite a sort of captainy figure, you know, when he sort yeah. of settled everything down. We know he can put a tackle in, and he's a strong lad. Yeah. So I, I'm really pleased with him. Um, Hudson Adoy, I saw him score. His, I went to the game where he scored his first goal and assist. Um, it was against Barté, the four nil. I can't remember. I mean, I know no. Yeah. Was it? No, it was PAOK, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah Pauk, yeah. I mean, that game was just the remedy after the Spurs loss, you know, uh, playing a pub team that went down to 10 men in seven minutes <laughs> at, yeah. home, at home. Um, but yeah, he, he, you know, he looked very good there. When, when he moved over to the left wing in that last game, he looked a lot better as well. Um, but just the fact how Sari played him on the right wing, he's testing the waters, which is I found really interesting. Um, again, uh, he might, he could play in this game, you know. I certainly be on the bench. I think um, Hudson Odoi. Uh, whether Bournemouth would be inclined, you'd think they'd go f- as far as they can into the League Cup, wouldn't you? I can't imagine Bournemouth doing a heavy rotation. Yeah, but you know, which you don't know. Well, because they're quite, they're a good side, Bournemouth. I mean, they can they can dare to dream in what's the weakest of the four competitions in the in England. Do you know what I mean? So um, yeah. I think they'll change one or two, maybe. I think they'll swap mm. one or two players. But, but like you said, like the League Cup is a realistic ambition for a team like Bournemouth. Like, yeah. if they if they if they win this game, they're in the semi final. Yeah, and it's it's just dumb how it's like beneath Spurs, you know. <laughs> but, I know. Yeah. Uh, so we can't. I'm not going to get into that we'll, again. But um, yeah, so I reckon uh, a win, heavily, maybe some sweaty moments due to rotation, but I reckon he'll keep firepower on the bench because he will take it seriously. Um, and I'm going to do a score prediction of this game of oh, just a, maybe 3 2 Chelsea. Uh, can yeah. you give me a prediction? Uh, I'll say 2 1 because I do think they'll score mm. just just due to like some of our players maybe playing once every three weeks, like yeah. Zappa Costa, who I think will play. Mm. And like it doesn't really help anyone. Going back to what we said earlier about rotation, yeah. if we do rotate maybe a little bit more, mm. then people like Fabregas, Zappa Costa will be a little bit sharper yeah. and we won't leak goals really. Like, mm. well, I, I, just, I, I do think we'll win, but I do think we'll concede. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm with you on that one, mate. I'm So I'll say 3-2, you say 2-1. All right, so let's move on to the next game, uh, Chelsea versus Leicester City. <sighs> Leicester, they're a weird one, because I think they've 
they are really good. Madison's look quite good. Vardy, he's still the same old Vardy. You give him one chance, he'll score, which is, you know, not what we want against um, the unpredictable Chelsea. <laughs> but you'd exactly. imagine the next game, oh, it's four days later, actually. Again, we go away to Watford, which isn't, like, far travelling. Nah, Boxing Day, that one, innit? Yeah. Yeah, so I imagine a full strength against Leicester. But then again, it's at home. I'm just trying to think of what would be more rotated. Surely the stronger team against Leicester, even though Watford is so good. Watford scored 1-3-0 their last game, and the goals were just fucking... I think it was 3-0. But anyway, there was, they're scoring absolutely wonder goals like Pereira and Delefeu. So I know mm. we're, not, we're not previewing the Watford game, but... I almost yeah. think I almost they've think they've got that, threats. Yeah, they've, they've got, got talent. Yeah, they've, got, they've scored some absolute wonder goals this season. So I, I, I'm inclined to think he will play a strong side against Leicester because Leicester do have like Leicester are a better team than Watford. I think. Yeah. So yeah. even yeah, so I'm thinking there'll be a sort of full strength uh, side. Um, oh, quick question for both. Okay, are we in agreement? Maybe Giroud will play against Bournemouth. Yeah, I think I think if uh, well Morata's I think he's still got a knock, yeah. so I think he'll he'll rest. I think Hazard will be on the bench, but I mm. think Giroud will probably start. Mm. Well, there's some sort of a conspiracy going around already. It's probably bullshit. How you know Morata's potentially already played his last game for Chelsea. Um, if he goes and if if we try and do something in January and we're trying to wrap him up in Cotter Wall because of this knock, but in the same sentence you want him to keep playing games just before a potential loan or sale to be like look no he's playing you know but um again that's probably something for another podcast um how do you see the Leicester game panning out dude uh I I think like you said just then I I agree that I think we'll go full strength Mm. um I I think it'll be I, I I actually think it'll be the same lineup as Brighton yeah um and then I I, th- I think even, that even four be... days later or three days four days later. Uh, so I, so I think the Leicester, the Leicester game will be full strength, and then I think Watford maybe Barkley will come in for Kovacic yeah. or Loftus Cheek will come in for Kovacic. I think we'll go with a striker in that game, and maybe maybe um, Emerson will play, but I do think one of the centre mids will change, and maybe the wingers maybe will play Giroud and Hazard with. Pedro and yeah. then Willian on the bench. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. It's just it's one of those difficult games. Like if there was obviously like a top six team in there, you'd be like, that one's going to be full strength and the other's going to be slightly rotated. I'm just yeah. a bit worried personally about Watford because of their recent goal scoring threat and how they started so well. And Leicester haven't, you know, Puel was constantly being rumoured to be sacked at the beginning of the season, which I think's nuts personally. But um, yeah, I mean. Uh, I don't know if... Uh, I think they've got a few injuries, Leicester. But as long as we don't let Madison have too much of a good game, it's just being wary that of... Because as Sari keeps saying, we've got a mental problem, Chelsea, where we lack concentration towards the end or we drop intensity. And it's those kind of moments, the sort of 80 to the 95th minute where Vardy has not dropped con- uh, concentration. And um, you give him one sniff and he'll, he'll score a goal and ruin everything, so... It's a bit of a difficult one. Do you um, uh, do you, what do you think about Leicester in terms of threats or any particular things that might happen? I th- I think Leicester uh, are almost going under the radar as an improving team. Um, yeah, I I only ever do watch them on Match of the Day, mm. um, or or unless they're on TV, um, yeah. in like a league game, and I'm not really doing anything. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Leicester, 
I think Vardy is still a threat, a massive threat. James mm. Madison, I've got a friend, um, Jay, who watched the championship a lot. He he keeps an eye on it a lot. And when he was playing for Norwich, he said, this guy, James Madison, yeah. he's going to go for a, a, a big fee for a championship player. Mm. And he did. He ended up going for about, I think it was $25 million to Leicester. Yeah, it's and, nice, yeah. And I think he's a very good player, James Madison. And he's he's like an old school number 10, mm. always looking for a pass. And he can dribble and he can shoot as well. Yeah. But another improving player for Leicester, um, I would say at the moment, is Kelechi Inacho. He's um, the forgotten man. Yeah, the forgotten man. He's if you watch him, he he doesn't really run out of steam, and he can finish. Given half the chance, he is a good finisher. I remember it when he was playing for Man City. Yeah. He, oh he mate, his had conversion a great goals to game yeah, he, Oh mate, he it was amazing. I was like, uh, you know, maybe it was a bit like Mishy Frosh at one point where he came on and like scored. I didn't play. You know, he had an amazing. Uh, goals to minutes ratio as well which sort of just flattered to deceive I think a little bit for Batshuayi but yeah I remember it was absolutely immense when um, I think it was maybe Pep's first season the season before he was just coming on and scoring wasn't he behind Aguero so um, I don't know if uh, he won't be starting but um, but he's I guess he's second choice isn't he and Okazaki's just a bit of a sort of plan B still or a second striker isn't he yeah, it depends whether the 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 because they play four two three one and they play four four two. So if they choose to go four four two and kind of go, all right, we'll go for it against these. I think he'll play mm. up with Vardy. But if it's a four two three one, I think Vardy is the main man. Yeah, and um, another man. Sorry, before I forget to touch on who I do rate is uh, Damari Gray. I think yeah. he's a good player, and we should really watch out for him. He's lightning fast. He plays with proper like heart as well, doesn't he? Like, um, if he comes on, you know he's just gonna cause havoc and sprint at you down that wing. Um, yeah, I mean, I like to see him do well, but I fucking hope not on the not on the uh, weekend. <laughs> no, not on the weekend. All he right. reminds me. He reminds me a lot of Hudson Odoi. He's fearless. Yeah, constantly running at players, and he's got a good change of pace. Yeah, and I think those three, Madison, uh, Vardy and um, Damari and, Gray. Uh, Gray, I think yeah. are their main three threats that we all, that we know are probably going to start. Yeah, I uh, I do. I think uh, Hudson Adoy is it's just something else though, talent wise. When he when he's um, moving forward and going at players, he, he can the way he uses two feet to like go oh, around yeah. people, the way to go around people, and uh, he's very he never makes he never makes a wrong pass for a kid like. You know, you'd understand as a coach what you'd just be... Imagine if you were, like, a 60-year-old coach. You'd be terrified to put a 17-year-old, 18-year-old kid into a very physical league that in your very technical and difficult game. You'd just be so oh, apprehensive. Totally. But, um, well, you know, he'd demonstrate immense ability. But, yeah, we could, you know, again, we could... Yeah. Talk just to a the quick one on Hudson Adoy. Um, on. I, I had a friend who is a Man City fan. And um, he did a journalism course and he had to go and watch a lot of the youth football mm. up at uh, Man City. And yeah. it was uh, one of the games where we played them. And he uh, he messaged me saying, Hudson Adoy is one of the best young players I've ever seen live. Yeah. He's going, and there's a guy from Man City called Brahim Diaz. And he's going, yeah. he's their best player. And he goes, he, he blows him out of the water. Yeah. yeah well, you know, a lot of City fans were saying that even when we got slapped about 2-0 in the charity shield by them, uh, he still lit up the pitch a little bit, you know. Um, yeah, um, for for a few years now, people have seen him. You know, I think the F2 Freestylers, that YouTube channel, they did a video, yeah, yeah. They did a video with him calling it the next Neymar sort of thing. Um, <laughs> you know, which is a bit cheesy, but he's um, yeah, he's he's. he's I've, I've got well. high hopes for him and Ampadu, and I think they're under. I w- you could argue him or Pep, one of the best two coaches yeah. for young players. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. In terms of um, you know, not known for playing young players. Sorry, but he um he is in terms of style and 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 using technical ability, very good for nurturing that. Um, yeah. I feel yeah. I mean, obviously, Ampadu's just signed a new contract and. Uh, uh, Hudson Odoi hasn't, so there's a few problems there. Um, I mean, you know, he'd probably look, be looking at Jaden Sancho and stuff, thinking, hmm, you know, like starting every week in the Bundesliga, that would be nice. And, you know, you can imagine like a Leipzig or a Hoffenheim or a Schalke, mm. they'd snap him up and be like, yep, you can start for us, mate, you know, and be yeah. Wonderboy and like play, get an England call up and everything would be amazing. But uh, you know, again, it's it's the unknowing. But uh, we'll I think we'll learn a lot over the next coming months about players and contracts, mate. But uh, yeah, Lewis, thanks for coming on, man. I want to wrap this up. So yeah, thanks for the chat, bro. It's been an interesting convo, a nice pod. Yeah, good result coming up, um, coming off, and a good preview, mate. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been good. I I always enjoy doing this podcast, and I always enjoy I always enjoy having a, a conversation about. Uh, what's been going on with the blues to be honest with you mate yeah, it's always man. a good chat absolutely and uh obviously if you guys uh enjoyed this conversation go i actually did a um uh, a podcast with lewis and stan one of the other hosts of his podcast um we talk about chelsea and we talk about man united which is a lot of the points we talked about is still relevant right now actually i think so uh what's going on with united and stuff so going back and listen to that if you want to if you want to laugh and cry, <laughs> Stan. <laughs> but yeah, Lewis is from a podcast called That's the Way the Cookie Crumbles, where three northern lads talk football, predominantly Premier League, um, and uh, just a, yeah, just all sorts of things in between, bits of banter. Do you want to do you want to add anything about your podcast, about what you're doing? I mean, it, you, you've taken a, a couple of weeks off, but you're recording one tonight, I think. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, we're back tonight. It's uh, myself, who obviously supports Chelsea, uh, my co-host, Stan, who's a Man United fan, and um, the third wheel, uh, Robbie, who's a Newcastle <laughs> United fan. Yeah. So yeah. there's um, quite there's uh, quite a good discussion going on in the podcast. Yeah. Uh, various opinions from diff- different positions in the table, really. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, it, just those three clubs are quite interesting because you've got two successful clubs, you know, uh, United being historically successful, but a bit of a problem club at the moment Chelsea is still relatively new money but not a problem club um and then you've got Newcastle the sort of sleeping giant that's just enduring all the sort of issues of the Premier League but um it would be pretty happy um uh, Robbie Winnie from uh from recent results yeah he's he's he went to the um the game at the weekend and he was so he's so happy and he's, he's, he's loving Rond- Rondon at the moment <laughs> yeah. and um, he's just he's dying out for someone to come and buy them so if anyone wants to buy Newcastle United who listens to this podcast yeah. Robbie would be very great yeah yeah hit him up at, at the, well, that's the way the cookie crumbles podcast all right yeah I urge you to go and listen to the podcast guys Lewis thanks again mate yeah hey, pleasure Yannick Well, 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 what a great episode. Thanks, Lewis, for coming on, mate. Really appreciate it. And you know what? Thank you, listener. I really appreciate you taking time to listen to this podcast and listen to me and a guest most of the time talk Chelsea. On that point, if you are listening right now on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, do me a favor and give me a five-star rating because it's very little effort and it means a lot. And if you want to reach out and do something else positive for me 
write a nice little review because I'm going to read them and it means a lot and it helps me expand and make the podcast better. Yada, yada, yada. Guys, follow me on Twitter at Chelsea Yannick. Thank you so much again for listening. And on that, up the Chelsea. Keep the blue flag flying high. Carefree. Wherever you may be, listener. I'll catch you next time.